welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. So today we have Alex Kayola with us. She is an astrologer, tarot reader, and claircognizant. And if you've ever pulled your horoscope from Well and Good or Holisticism or Betches, which is a really funny Instagram page, or even an Almost 30s community, you might have come across her work. And in this episode, we talk about her experience with leaving the corporate world recently and learning to trust herself enough to make such a big shift into the healing work that she's doing now. We also talk about connecting with spirit in our spirit and soul team. We talk about the basics of astrology, what we can expect from our Saturn returns around age 29 if you haven't already experienced that, and what most people don't understand about the infamous Mercury retrogrades. Um, so much awesome stuff. I had a great time talking with her. She's such a warm and inviting person, and uh, we actually got to chatting so easily that I forgot to even ask her my typical opening questions. We just started talking, which was great. So I'm just going to drop you guys right in where we picked up. And as always, thank you so much for being here. It means the world to me. And if you feel like a friend could benefit from this information, please feel free to send it along. And I love you. I'll talk to you on the flip side. And it's so crazy how we have the same sign. I know. So how did that come up for you? So my stepmom passed away like three years ago, two, three years ago, and she died of cancer. So she was Mm -hmm. dying Mm -hmm. and we asked her what she would come back as when she was still alive and we were like a butterfly, you know, like a bird. And she was like an Aries. I don't know her birth time, but if I had to guess, she was like a triple fire sign. Mm. And she was like, no, a bee, like something you'd swat away. Oh my God. I just <laughs> And it chill. just like, it was so like, it was funny in the moment. And now it's just funny. Cause it's like, bees are everywhere. They're having a fashion moment as well. I'm sure you've noticed. Mm-hmm. So it's like, she loved fashion too. I'm like, I'm never ever surprised, but I'm always like in awe of how she shows up. Wow. That is so beautiful. That's like such a, I love that you decided on that before uh, she passed. My grandfather just passed and he was like all into the stock market. Like his favorite thing was numbers. So my mom asked him to show a specific number to her before he passed. So I wonder if she's seeing that. I asked for a cardinal, but I'm not really in a place where cardinals are, but my sister and I are (laughs) on the lookout for cardinals, but I love that. I love like that you've got the chance to ask her for a sign, like so specifically. Yeah. It's cool that you did that as well. And I bet you anything, it will show up in a way that like on TV or like Mm -hmm. something that you're not expecting. Totally. They like to do that as well. Bees are like, bees kind of came to me. I feel like my great grandmother sometimes comes through, like for, or my grandmother, like the women in my family resonate with bees. But every time I move to a home, I've got a beehive there somehow. We've got a huge beehive over here. I had a beehive in New York under like the the kitchen window. Um, It's weird, like hives. So I started to pick up on that, that every time I moved somewhere, if I'm seeing bees, like I'm in a safe place. So, I love that. Good. Yeah. Do you channel? Do you, you channel know, your guides? That is such a good question, Alex, because 
that word has like triggered me for a couple of years because I think I so badly would like to believe that I'm channeling, but I feel like I, I still have some unraveling and some connection to do. I mean, when I write music, sometimes like lyrics come really fast or, um, you know, when I'm writing a blog post or podcasting solo, like sometimes I feel like it's just I'm scripting or something, mm-hmm. but I, I wouldn't necessarily feel like I'm channeling quite yet. You know what I mean? I'm not sure. Like, how would you describe it when do you feel like you channel? Um, the telltale sign. Well, first and foremost, I'm sure you probably are. Mm-hmm. And it'll be different for everybody, but um, specifically asking for that help mm-hmm. before you go into writing music or writing your blog. Yeah. Um, and then just sitting to wait for what it feels like when you feel activated. For me, I'm clear, um, sentient um, as one of my strongest. So I get like literal chills, I sweat, mm-hmm. sometimes I rock back and forth. That's how I know I'm like actually channeling someone like specific. Yeah. Um, and then like you mentioned, it's just an ease and a flow. Your ego is to the side. You're truly like an actual divine channel. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes with, you know, with music or with blogging, I don't ask for that. I ask for protection or for help, but I don't ask to channel because then you wouldn't like what makes you you and what makes you creative is your spin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that, but it does need to come through a channel. And so like there are cool stories of um, specific, like Nostradamus picking specific people that he knows will like get it based on their human knowledge and mm-hmm. like picking them to channel through. So there is a filter of us when it comes to that channeling that Mm -hmm. that's important that can't be lost. Of course, like I'm not going to channel in a different language. Yep. You know, yeah, that's such a good way of explaining it. Um, I was, I mean, we're already having such a good chat. Do you mind if I include this in our episode? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I was just thinking too, that I know you, you do tarot as well, right? Yeah. I I blend like, yeah them both. So tarot and astrology are like amazing tools when used together. They're of mm-hmm. course awesome apart, but I can't separate the two now. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I think that that is the one place where I do feel like I'm channeling. I specifically ask spirit for help and my team. Like I, I've gone through meditations where I am, I can really visualize who's around me and, um, uh, and then I ask them for help in a reading and it's always just like insanely spot on. And I feel like I've got cards flying. Like, it's just like that, that is where I really feel connected. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that form of divination is so cool because, um, everybody does have their own take on what's coming through and then depending on who you're reading and channeling their energy as well. So it can become really layered and, and awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, tarot is Tarot is so cool too because there's just so many layers to it. Like you could just focus on the imagery of the card mm-hmm. or the numerology or yeah. the astrological connection. Like there's just so, so many, many things. Now, so do, many you, things. Um, do you pay particular attention to it if it's reverse? Yeah, it depends on the card um, for sure. And it depends on the situation. A lot of times with reversals, like it gets a bad rap. And people get afraid of it, kind of like when they see the death card or when they see the tower or 
<laughs> you know, any of those like bigger major arcana cards. Yep. Um, a lot of times it can just be like focusing your attention internally or um, missing signs. Like when the magician comes through reverse, I'm often like, you're manifesting without realizing that you're manifesting. Oh. So do you want to like own that or control that a little bit more or have just an awareness of that? So yes, I do focus on that. But I think when you're learning, it's difficult to understand what the reversals mean to you. So it's best to just wait till it makes sense. Sure. You know? Yeah. And it's like, it, it is easy to get triggered by the reversal or the card because it's like a scary feeling. It's like, oh, I'm not doing uh, as well as I could be or should be doing. But I think that in, in itself is a great way to look at like where we've cracked open and, and where we can observe like uh, the trigger and where we can heal. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's just a deeper place of expansiveness, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And ignoring those things like there are, there's definitely times I would say early on in my journey where I was like, mm, I'm going to shut the deck. I actually don't think it's the right day for me to read because this reading, I didn't shuffle it correctly. Like I was, just, you know, yeah. making all the excuses for like why this reading wasn't correct. But if I really look back on those times, they were absolutely correct. I just wasn't yeah. ready to receive it. Totally. And it's funny because like I have specific decks that like, uh, have different emotions connected with them. Like there's one deck, the Fountain Tarot deck. That I'm like, oh shit! If I want a really hard hitting reading, like they're gonna give it to me straight up. Yeah, hundred percent. There are other ones for like romance that, like, I know if I need, you know, that or you know, the the Kuan Yin deck is always really comforting. So it's interesting how they each have their own manifestations in them. Absolutely. A, a reader early on in my career told me to keep certain decks for clients separate than your the deck that you read for yourself. Ah. And that was really great advice. So every time I get a deck, I'll work with it until I feel like it's that would be better served working with clients uh-huh. to get the energy like worked through. And then um, like my first tarot deck ever, I use with clients the most, the wild unknown tarot mm, oh, deck. That's a great one. It yeah. is. And it's so beautiful and it's really, but it's a deeper one, you know, like if someone's like, Hey, I just want to talk about career. Like that's not the deck mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. choose, you know, like there's different layers to it. Totally. Okay. Yeah. I'm already enjoying our conversation so much, but let me just <laughs> rewind for a minute. I will have already given an introduction kind of about who you are and what you do, but I'd love to hear it from you. Like, can you tell us a little bit about your background and what you're focusing on right now? Yeah, for sure. So um, I am doing the work that I feel like I was always called and compelled to do. It just took me a minute to realize that all of the things were working in my favor behind the scenes, getting me to this point. So I started out in my career in executive recruitment, and eventually I started to work for companies, recruiting interviewing, um, and really building teams. Um, I was always a really great interviewer that got a lot out of people. And um, that was an early sign of like that there was something else happening, but I, did, I wasn't aware of it. Um, and then during my Saturn return, before it actually, probably like in the lead up, I kind of always feel things like way before they're actually happening. So it gives me all sorts of time to let my anxiety set in and the anticipation, you know? Um, 
I'm very mercury driven, by the way. I have a lot of Gemini in my chart, Virgo houses. Um, so in any case, I was going through a breakup and that's how I found my first psychic. And amongst many beautiful things, including that I was not going to be with that person, he also told me I was psychic. And I was like, what? (laughs) Um, So that was cool. And I had no idea what that meant, but I had always been really interested in astrology. I picked up my first tarot deck right around that time, I think like directly after. And I started to realize that it was all connected and I started to lean a lot heavier into that aspect of myself. So that was kind of the spiritual beginning of being kind of cracked open and exploring it. Um, Eventually, like I have my moon in the 10th house. If I'm not feeling it, I'm out. Sometimes, and it's a moon in Scorpio, so sometimes it's destructive as well. So I'm like, I got to get to like doing something I'm really passionate about and I have to find what that is. And then all of a sudden it was kind of a light bulb to be like, um, you're already doing it in your private life. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to lean into. So um, talk about divine intervention. The name High Priestess of Brooklyn kind of just came to me as I was working with my deck. The High Priestess would come out a lot. And I would always say to my friends, like, it is this work, it seems very out there and inaccessible, but in fact, it really helps. So I was just on a personal mission to always explain what Mercury retrograde meant or what, um, you know, what the spread was for them and how they could take that and, and work with that energy. And that's what, when I realized that that was probably what it, my business was. So I started like, it definitely took me a minute to like get my confidence up and and do everything that it takes to really launch. But that's really where it started. Um, And, you know, my mission is the same, like to make spiritual, mystical wellness accessible and practical and so much so that people can actually use it. And now when I look back at like Mike, my first psychic who I still talk to on a regular basis, like he was that guide for me. And now I'm that guide for others. And I just think that's such a beautiful full circle moment. So. Wow. Yeah. There's so many things I want to touch on with you there. So were you already into astrology and exploring psychic abilities before you met Mike? Um, Or was this like all like one big kind of opening for you? Astrology, I've been obsessed with since I was like very little. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, similarly, like when I was little, I would read like the encyclopedia about like mental disorders and like me- like b- w- how the brain works in psychology. And I really feel like astrology is another layer of that and does touch on a lot of the things that I really love about psychology too, which is just figuring ourselves out and figuring other people out. So I've always been obsessed. Mm-hmm. And I was always like the office like resident consultant to be like, people would be like, is Mercury in retrograde? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it is. It's yeah. not. No, something's just weird going on with you. So so I was always into that. Psychic abilities, no. I was always like, that's somebody else's thing. Mm-hmm. It's not my thing. Um. So when and, he told you that you had um, psychic abilities, um, 
did that scare you? Did it resonate with you? Um, what did you start to notice about yourself when you, you got that message from him? Yeah. What I love about Mike, and I really try to do this with my clients as well, is he explained what it feels like or what it looks like or, or feels like. So he was like, if you ever get like a really strong gut feeling to like not go down into the subway one day, that's, that's your intuition. That's your psychic gifts or your guidance or your guides or whatever telling you to stop. So I started to just become a lot more observant in my everyday world to pay attention to. First of all, that is kind of scary to be like, he was like, one day you're going to just like get that gut feeling and then not go down the subway. And I'm like, Oh God. Mm. Um, (laughs) I remember when that happened, it wasn't that dramatic, but it's, it's little things like that, that are important for if anyone you know, listening is going through their own spiritual awakening. It's, it's actually about becoming quiet and noticing the signs, noticing when the clock is always hitting the same numbers for you. And those little things can really add up. So it was definitely a little, I would say it felt a little foreign to me at first, but it was cool to be sort of initiated in that way. So I didn't question it as much as I think a lot of people do at the beginning, which is like, that's not a sign or Mm -hmm. like, I'm just, reading too much into that. It's like, no, I'm not. It's a thing. I'm going to go further with it, you know? Mm -hmm. And now are there any particular practices that you incorporate daily to fine tune your abilities and and to continue to tap in? And what do those look like? Yeah. I dream journal almost every day when I wake up. Of course, I don't have vivid dreams every single night, but I do a lot. So that's really helpful to be able to decipher any messages that come through, anybody that I need to get in touch with. Um, you know, any, like we've, we've had a few people in our family recently pass away and, and sometimes they'll come through in dreams. Like, so I know that they might be like stuck or Mm -hmm. a little bit lost energetically. And that is helpful to know and like to, to connect with them and maybe channel in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so dream journaling is really important. Meditation, of course, is super important. Mm-hmm. Some form of movement or exercise yoga, of course, is really helpful. And a lot of times those ideas will flow through movement. So I try to keep something like my phone close by to keep notes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, visualization is really important. So like in those meditations to visualize your chakras, any blockages, things like that, and just becoming really aware are yeah. the, the practices I, I really try to lean into every day. Mm-hmm. And do you have, um, you know, a particular connection with a spirit team or guides? And if so, how can we get in touch with our own guides or how can we ask to receive communication from them if we're not really familiar with that? Yeah. Um, So my friend Kimo is a high seer and he's been helping me figure out like who my guides actually are and then the differentiation between your guides and your ancestors. Um, And that's your soul team, as you mentioned. Um, so I will regularly meditate and call on certain ones from each level, if you will. Um, and I invite listeners to think about, first of all, people who have passed in your life that were very significant to you. Oftentimes we have one main 
ancestor that will really intervene um, with either with signs or maybe we have a couple with signs or just um, general reassurance and protection. And for me, that's my grandfather who passed when I was a lot younger and my stepmom who comes to me a lot with signs. She's, she's my love consultant. She was in this life in, in her human life as well. And my grandfather was very, he was a, a guiding force in my life, very direction uh, driven. So his guidance, when I ask him for guidance, it's more like, which way do I go? Or if I'm a little bit lost and she, you know, I always went to her with like what was going on in my love life. So I often go to her when that's what's happening for me. So I think if you think about who that person was to you, and then apply that to the spiritual realm. Mm -hmm. That's a really easy way to start. Um, You can call upon your guides in a way that's just general, like, hi, thank you so much for everything you've given me, bringing me to this point in my life. I'm so grateful. Um, And then asking for their guidance, protection, and if you do need a specific direction or you're not sure which apartment to choose or something like that, asking them for signs, that's a way to really connect with them because that's really the only way that you could start to hear their voices or you could start to visualize. But to start, I feel like those signs, those subtle signs are the way they really communicate with us. And that's Mm -hmm. the feedback loop. We're so used to getting feedback validation in our human lives. Um, Mm -hmm. So they understand that that's what we need to get started. And I think then it's just about a relationship with them. Um, Like just like you would build a relationship with a friend or a partner or a family member, it requires pretty regular communication, checking in, Mm -hmm. um, mutual understanding, all the things that, you know, make sense in our human relationships. Mm, that's such good advice. Thank you. And I assume, you know, when we're talking about signs, like asking for what we want to see, right? Mm-hmm. Asking for what we want to see. If we're not specific, they can come through and make it obvious. I like to ask for obvious signs because sometimes, mm-hmm. especially with our egos in the way, sometimes we really want a certain outcome and I need to be shook kind of out of that if that's not the best highest and best for me Mm -hmm. so I like to ask for really obvious signs (laughs) yeah me too the other day I asked for a um a blue vintage VW bug and in the same that's so specific so specific I saw a yellow one and I just started laughing because I was like you tried your best like down comes like this old vintage you know buggy I was like they did what they could. It's still yell, you know, like it doesn't have to be so like specific, but it really made me happy. And I felt this deep resonance with it. And yeah, I, I love your point about meditating and visualizing as well. The first time I ever had real guides come through was in a visualization, uh, past life meditation that you can find on YouTube. I just found it on YouTube. And I specifically had a Native American chief come through at the beginning of my cross country road trip. And uh, I was prompted to research every place I went, what the Native American history was like. And then I ended up here in Topanga 
And uh, my roommate turned out to be a direct descendant of the Chumash lineage. And we are on the, the historical grounds of the Chumash people on this land. And he uh, revealed to me all of this just ancient wisdom. Um, it was such a blessing. And I don't know if I would have had those experiences if I hadn't uh, intentionally connected like that and started to pay close attention uh, to the people and places around me. So it's such a gift. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's cool. What did, through. did he come through with any specific advice for you or just to learn more about where you were? I think it was, it was a, to learn about the land and to reconnect because I'd been living in uh, New York City, which is so dense and kind of separate from nature and land. And my intention for the trip itself was to ground again and to connect with our land and to, you know, revamp my circadian rhythm. So I think it was more about uh, respecting our earth and the people who were here first and what uh, wisdom I could carry into the rest of my life and share uh, as a healer eventually. Um, so it was more of like a healing journey for me. And that began with connecting to nature and the people closest to nature and then to find community. And I, uh, you know, I asked to find a tribe or my soul sisters here in community um, and it happened. It just is like, it blows my mind every day. Um, I've always kind of been a, more of a loner, not a loner really, but I'm, you know, I'm a cancer. I kind of keep to myself and, and here I, it's just community has really um, expanded for me in direct relation to those messages that I got coming here in the first place. So I love that. I was going to guess that you are a water sign. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Just based on your branding and things like that. I always like to guess people's signs. Nailed it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Cancer, um, Gemini rising, and Cancer moon. Oh my God, double Cancer. Mm-hmm, Love mm-hmm. that. And Gemini rising, it makes sense that you wanted to do a podcast. Interesting, because that's new to me. I, for some reason, I hadn't really gotten specific. I thought I was a Libra, maybe. Then I found out I was a Gemini. So that's still very new information to me as of like a month ago. Didn't realize. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Geminis are, I have, I have a Gemini sun, uh, Venus and Mercury. Mm-hmm. And we can hold a lot of information all at once, which is great. Great memory. Um, you know, you enjoy talking. You enjoy getting to know people. Mm-hmm. Perfect for hosting. It really is. Well, thank you for letting me um, share that little story, but I'd love to come back to your um, initial big transition, I guess. And you were talking about going through a Saturn return. And um, I think a lot of people listening are probably in their late 20s, 30s, and we're probably going to start experiencing a Saturn return, a lot of us soon. So can you help us understand what that entails? Like, what should we know about a Saturn return? Yeah, a Saturn return is much like Mercury retrograde, where it's like this big thing that I think gets convoluted and some scare tactic clickbaity blogs written about it. Um, So Saturn takes about 29 and a half years to come back to the exact same place it was when you were born. So like 2930. And basically it is the foundational planet. So Saturn is responsible for our relationship with time, our relationship with the structures of our lives, our career a lot of the time, where we live, how we live. And when it returns, it comes back like an earthquake to kind of shake the foundation, like a a cosmic earthquake and 
allow you to say how you want to rebuild it. So it gives you an opportunity to look at every aspect of your life, where you live, who you're with, your career, um, and really evaluate, does this work for me? Is this what I want for the next 30 years of my life? And if, if so, great, I'm going to rebuild that just the same. If not, and really take a look and, and see, like ask for help with your guides. Do, do these things make sense? Where do where should I land? If not, then you have an opportunity within that window of you know two years or so to make some real changes. And you have every support to be able to do that. Is it easy? Absolutely not. It's not easy. Um, nothing that inspires great change or long lasting, um, magic really starts in a easy way. Like that TikTok That's like what I thought my spiritual awakening was going to be like. And then when people are like, what it actually is like, it's like, a, it's like a, it's a lot. Yeah. Yep. So that's really what Saturn returns are meant to do for us. Mm-hmm. So what was your experience like when you were working in this corporate job, you were getting all shaken up here? Like, how did you have the courage to leave and transition and like trust that it was going to be okay? Um, you know, it took me a long time. Like it definitely started before my Saturn return. Um, like I went through that breakup, I moved, I lived alone. I was like super, super single. Um, then I met the love of my life. I was kind of like focused on certain things at, at one time. For me, I tend to get overwhelmed if like everything's changing. So like I was focused on love life first. And then I was like, okay, that's good. Career is not right. Like career, I still don't, I don't feel fulfilled. I'm going to focus on that next. So I would say I probably focused on it fully for like two years to just figure out what that looked like for me. Um, having the courage to go out and start, I just, I got to a point where I was like, I can't not do it. I think that's the question to ask. Like, how uncomfortable do you feel not pursuing what you know to be true and right in your heart, mm -hmm. in your soul? Your journey can start whenever you're really ready to admit if it's, if you're aligned or not. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I just knew that I would really regret it every second I didn't start. Um, I was also really grateful to be really lucky to be in an environment where I really knew my shit and I knew what I was doing in a corporate sense. So I could almost go on autopilot at work. And then the real work was like when I got home or when I had to go to an event or read or have a session. Mm -hmm. So like I wasn't expanding my mind at work all day. And like when I, when you're learning something, it's really hard too. It's like, you can only retain so much information. It's overwhelming. You get really tired, you know, anytime you start something new. So mm -hmm. you, you have to be kind and gentle to yourself when that's happening. Yep. Um, I have a cap rising, which means that I like never do anything that's not super responsible. And I think through a lot of things and I'm pretty business savvy. So I, I basically got myself to a point where I had saved a lot and I knew I could leave. And mm -hmm. then I got let go during the pandemic. Wow. In like August. Kind of divine so, timing, it sounds like, but you also yeah. planned. 
I planned, I was like pleading with the universe. Like I need to quit my job. I was so uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but if I look back on it, honestly, I would not have been able to save in the way that I did. I would not have been able to like really do both at once Mm -hmm. because I was at home like everyone else and I could just easily switch my hats. Mm -hmm. And I, I was so lucky. Yeah. I always wish I had a Capricorn somewhere. I have something in my chart that's <laughs> Capricorn, but like every time I meet a Capricorn, I'm like, oh man, you guys got the business down. <laughs> I love Dude, it. But it's, uh, it's also a double-edged because like my Saturn return, Saturn is the ruler of my chart because Saturn rules Capricorn. So I got kicked in the ass for like four years. Mm. Like it's, mm-hmm. Yes, you get kicked in the ass so many times that you're like so resilient. But yeah, it's, it's, (laughs) thank God I have so much air in my chart or else I'd be really cynical, I think. Right. I mean, that's an interesting topic to cover too. I mean, how do we keep our optimism up when, you know, Saturn return hits, it's like a shit show. It's really, uh, you know, it can be disheartening and it can make us question everything. You know, I'm even going through this experience now where I'm about to move next week. I'm bringing on new clients. Like I get, you know, I have to catch myself when any anxiety comes in and be like, mm-hmm. it's okay. Because every time I've worried about it, it's just been irrational and it's not been mm-hmm. serving me every time. So how do we like make sure that we, we come back to that place and not get freaked out and like throw everything to the wind? You know, like how did you you know, keep in your trusting place that you were going to be okay, I guess. Uh, you know, because it has to be Mm -hmm. like, it just, if it's not, if you don't feel settled, then it's not the end, you know, like that Mm -hmm. is kind of a, a driving force to me. If it doesn't feel clear, then it's not it yet. Um, And I think astrology is really helpful because you know what's happening. You know that this is what's happening for you personally, so you don't feel crazy. Like, I feel bad for the people who really don't subscribe to it at all because I'm like, it kind of only helps you to just think about something other than like, am I crazy? Is my anxiety like... Where is it coming from? You know, like it's helpful to have the self-awareness to just be like, it's not me. It's my Saturn return or it's not me. It's my Virgo South node. It's not me. It's my ex. Yep. It always like brings up patterns too. I feel like I'm still pretty new to astrology, but, um, uh, what was her name? Spirit daughter. I was on like a a virtual camp with almost 30 and spirit daughter came on and she's so lovely. And she was breaking down all these dates to look out for. So I now have it in my calendar. And the last week we had, um, correct me if I'm wrong, like a stellium. We were in the midst of a retrograde. And I'm Aquarius. Just like, and Aquarius. Yeah. 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 So I'm like, oh shit. And then I realized, okay, it's like, and today we're easing up, right? Like today yeah. we're leaving the retrograde. So yep. it makes sense. Like all the stress I had, like last week I was like, okay, just like, there's kind of a reason and a magnetism behind this. Like, you know, how would mm-hmm. you touch on that? Yeah, I think... The stellium in Aquarius is really welcomed energy because we've had such heavy energy with all the Capricorn last year. Mm -hmm. And that was a really unprecedented time. Um, Astrologers leading up to 2020 were like, it's going to be kind of crazy. It's going to be a lot. I mean, I don't think anyone fully predicted every single thing that happened last year, but you can see what happens when Saturn and Pluto conjunct with Jupiter. 
Saturn foundation, Pluto is like deep transformational work, unearthing, un- unrooted, and Jupiter expands everything good and bad. So you get all those three together and it's like mm-hmm. a lot. Um, so moving into Aquarius, we have the opportunity, which started with Saturn, Jupiter conjunct in Aquarius in December. We were able to start this new journey of air qualities. So the Aquarius stellium that you felt, maybe you felt a little detached. Maybe you felt like, I feel like I'm looking at in on my life from as a, as an observer. That's kind of weird. I don't feel very tethered. I don't feel my emotions as much for a cancer that might feel a little foreign to you because you're used to being in it. So to be out of it feels uncomfortable. Now for an air sign like me, I love it. I love to be talking about the government changing and all these shifts and paradigms and like these really abstract conversations that is so Aquarius. Um, is is very ripe right now. You can see it happening in our culture, which I think is so cool. Um, but then Mercury went retrograde and that's when it gets kind of confusing because you're like, is this like a thought because it's my thought and I believe that? Or am I just being challenged consistently? Um, what do I actually believe? What is actually reality? Can I make an actionable plan on this? And we would say with Mercury retrograde, it's tough to do it because you might have to redo it. Mm-hmm. You don't have all the information during Mercury retrograde because Mercury likes to go direct. It's the fastest moving planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's marked by literal like fast assumptions and connections and thoughts and words. And um, when it go, when it it's not moving forward, it, it just doesn't like it very much. And we do feel that energy, but mm-hmm. it, you know, Mercury is a, a smaller planet. It doesn't have as much of an effect where like people could blame their whole life falling apart on Mercury retrograde. It's like little shit, like yeah. annoying communication. Yep. Every you know, time. Travel delays. Like it's not the end of the world, but it's like annoying. Totally. And it's nice to have that in mind before it happens because I was just signing the lease for my new apartment and I was like, if anything happens, I'm not going to freak out. And of course, payment issues, like refunds yeah. and like contract, you know, little issues. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to be read really carefully. And then yeah. like today, as we're leaving, um, just fix it all. It's going to be fine. So right. it helps so much with any anxiety that comes up around that because you can almost like, um, you know, anticipate it in a way that's like, okay, if this happens, like, it's going to be fine. It's just a little kink getting worked out. Yeah. Um, on the topic of Mercury retrograde, it was great to hear you have us uh, break down Saturn returns. So what else can we know about the, the famous Mercury retrograde? Um, it's like the hot topic. Every time it comes around, the memes are going wild. Um, but what, you know, what should we really know about that and keep in mind so that there's not all this misinformation around the topic? Yeah. Well, it's, I know it's just become this synonymous um, with like anything that goes wrong in anybody's life. They blame it on Mercury retrograde. It's just like so <laughs> yeah. funny. I think about that too, where people are like, oh, I didn't get back to you because I'm an Aquarius. It's like, you can't blame, Yeah. you can't be an asshole and like blame it on astrology. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it, Mer- I feel bad for Mercury retrograde. It's like every planet goes retrograde at different times. So it's just a natural thing that happens with 
all of the planets. Mercury just happens to go into retrograde because it moves so fast. It goes into retrograde more frequently. So uh-huh. like three weeks, three, four weeks, uh, three, four times a year. So um, what you can expect, it depends on the sign that it's in. So it is helpful to know, like if Mercury is going into retrograde in Aquarius, I can expect that I'm not going to hear back from my sister-in-law about the plans I asked her about. I can expect that people are going to be a little aloof, hard to make plans, hard to nail things down. Um, You can expect travel delays always. Mm -hmm. You can expect email delays, communication delays, texts, phone calls. You can expect wires being crossed. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it can be difficult to find your words. So give yourself extra time if you're a writer or if you literally, like you and I, reliant on using your thoughts and your words to do anything. Mm -hmm, Um, Extra time to record your podcast, whatever it may be. Um, Mercury also rules like contracts and things that bind us with our words. So if you do have to sign a lease or something like that, that's a perfect example. Make sure you read every line slow roll it if you can help it and wait until you're done with mercury retrograde to to sign it fully mm-hmm. um or just know like you said that you might have to add an addendum or like add add in like some language that protects you to change yep. your mind totally i definitely i had i noticed so many mistakes in it and i was like not surprised <laughs> i'm so glad i read it <laughs> So glad. I have a friend that, um, okay, so job contracts and signing something. So here's the other thing with Mercury retrograde. If it comes into your life during Mercury retrograde, that's when you have to question it or worry about those little things. If it was in your life before Mercury retrograde, or better yet, it was a project that you shelved or something you like didn't fully have time or space to wrap your head around, Mercury retrograde is the perfect time to review that. If you want to look at your website and review your about me page, or you want to anything like that revamp, it's the perfect time to do that. So that's really what you should focus on during Mercury retrograde instead of pushing anything new forward. Um, If it is new during Mercury retrograde, just you have to have the awareness that when it's over and the dust settles, you may... It's like you wake up next to somebody in the morning. You're like, that's not what I, that's not who I thought you were. Like reserve the right to be like, "Mm, I don't think this is really going to work. I, I, before I was even an astrologer, I knew that much about Mercury retrograde and my friend was signing a job, signing a, a, and um, accepting a job. Uh And she was like, Alex, like, you're so annoying. I'm doing it anyway. Like, it, it's perfect for me. It's all these things. She left that job within six months. Mm. I'm like, mm-hmm. will you listen to me? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's so, you know what? This is what I love about astrology, too, is, like, anytime I feel like I'm separate from spirit or connection, it's, like, tarot reading, astrology, even human design, it's, like, provides this almost unquestionable connection and the serendipity that's unmistakable or these coincidences that are not coincidences they're patterns and it it just kind of humbles us in a way that's like we're part of something so much bigger and we're surrounded by these beautiful celestial bodies that have I think their own consciousness that are all working together as we move in this like 
solar system that's collectively moving through space and time. It's just crazy to think about, you know? And you said that you're not an astrologer. I mean, that's perfectly said. That is so astrology of you. Astrologer (laughs) of you. (laughs) I just saw this little like TikTok video or something with like a zoom out of the earth and the planets and like how we're, you know, collectively traveling and swirling. That's like, we're our own little like cell system almost. It like helps me to break down like on a microcosm level, like what's going on. And and I think another thing that people, you know, know and think about too is like if the moon is affecting the tides and the moon is very small, like Jupiter is mm. freaking huge. Like, you right. know, all of these other planets around us, like there has to be some kind of physical magnetic pull. Like it's not so esoteric. It, do you think it's pretty physical? Like what, what can happen? Yeah. The mm-hmm. tides are so interesting too. And the moon um, affecting the water within our body. If you think about it like that, like um, I know many women, my co-hosts, um, for my podcast, Erica and I both have synced our cycles with the full moon. Yes. That is crazy. Like that is, that is a prime example of like, of course it is affecting us. Of course. Mm-hmm. Do you feel anxiety during a new moon? Because there's no direction. There's no light in the sky. It's a blank slate do you feel like a sense of, or maybe it's excitement, anticipation. Um, and that's why like astrology is so cool. Cause even there are certain times where I'm like, my, my fingers are moving so fast on the page or like, I'm so drawn to all these different things. And I always check the moon sign and it's like spot on to the energy that I'm feeling in that particular day. So that's a really cool way. Actually, it's a great point to get familiar with astrology is if you just daily look at where the moon is and what you're feeling, or you can anticipate what you're feeling and then check back mm-hmm. if that happens, you know? Yeah. And what, what rituals do you have around the moon cycles? Like new moon, for example, versus full moon? Like what do you like to do to prepare for those times? Yeah. Um, so shameless plug, but my co-hosts Erica and I have a podcast called Priestesses Prescribe where we literally do our ritual on the air. So I talk through what's happening astrologically. Erica will pull tarot cards and we talk through all the connections between those two things and come up with sort of a prescription. So we've really ritualized that experience so much for our community. That was the point, but really it is for ourselves as well. So we, we do it every time. So it's always different. Like the full moon coming up on February 27th, um, is the sun in Pisces and the moon in Virgo. And that's, we've talked a lot about how that's a spectrum or opposition in astrology between having boundaries Virgo and no boundaries, Pisces, and where you might fall on that spectrum and how to get yourself kind of closer to the middle. So that's really what we're thinking about working through. And I would say, depending on what's happening with other celestial bodies in the sky, we adjust it. So to break it down even further than that, if you're not going to listen to the podcast, I totally understand. Um, (laughs) I'll link that below so people can uh, check it. (laughs) <laughs> um, you can use the new moon to manifest because uh-huh. it's a blank slate. It's a new opportunity to plant the seeds. That's like an ace of pentacles moment or a magician moment. 
Um, and then the full moon is a great time to release or edit or realize um, something about yourself or what you might want to change. So that, and then, uh, you know, the phases in between allow you to slowly kind of get ready for the next phase. Mm-hmm. And it's so beautiful because we have the opportunity to like start fresh yep. and release things so frequently throughout the month. Like we're consistently evolving, which is really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's so helpful. I also wanted to talk to you about um, sun, moon, rising signs. So I think most of us are familiar with our sun signs. Like it's the most obvious, but what do they all represent and how can we make sense of our signs and the traits that accompany them? Yep. So the sun is like our basic identity. We've of course grown up reading our sun signs, knowing our sun signs, getting our arms around our sun signs. Um, there's so much more to it, as you know, to our chart, like what our sun is talking to, any aspects being made. Um, so your sun is just one part of it, what, what house it's in. Um, but that is the one I feel like people do have the greatest handle on. So I won't focus on that too much. The rising sign is really interesting. The rising is probably the most foreign to us. Like you mentioned, not feeling totally familiar with your Gemini rising. Um, that is the direction in which we move through the world. So if you think about it, you need your exact time of birth in order to figure out your rising sign because it's when you pushed through and Mm -hmm. entered the world. So it's how you move through your experiences. It's how other people experience you. It's really the way you move and like, it's, it's the direction. It's like the arrow. Um, I think people don't always resonate with it because sometimes it's harder to see ourselves the way other people might see us. And so we may, we can all, and the human mind is very powerful. So if we have fashioned ourselves a cancer, that's all we read. That's all we know about ourselves. We, we're, we're all in and you, you know, you do have a lot of cancer in your chart Mm -hmm. and then you get thrown a Gemini like later and you're like, wait, I never wrap my head around this. This doesn't make any sense. But then when you think about what people say are your greatest strengths and weaknesses, I'm sure some of those things would resonate with you. Like, you know, you can talk to anyone. You have such a great memory. I really feel drawn to, um, to share with you. Like there's a lot of things about that Gemini rising that I'm sure over time makes sense. And like I said, the podcast is a perfect example. Mm -hmm. Um, and then your moon sign is your heart, your feelings, your insides. That's the emotional core of you. So if people see your rising first and that's their only impression of you, if you never build a relationship with them, that would be it. That's the first layer. The sun is like an acquaintance or a friend or someone you just recently met, but you really like. And then the moon is like those reserved for, usually reserved for the very close select few. So very close friends, your partner, your family. And that is also very affected by the moon as well. So if you want to think a little bit about um, when the moon returns to your moon sign and how that makes you feel and how powerful it may make you feel or how introspective it may make you feel, that would be a good way to like get in touch with what that means for you. 
um, the moon sign so lovely. And I think it's really important when it comes to connection with your close people, like your partner, for example. Um, my partner and I both have water moons. I have a Scorpio moon and he has a Pisces moon. It means we're both highly sensitive and empathetic, um, which can go kind of either way, you know? So mm-hmm. I know that I've pushed his button And so I stop now, you know, like knowing that information I think is kind of helpful when you reach that core center of who someone is and their deepest, darkest fears and subconscious, um, you can be a lot more kind and compassionate with them. Totally. I'm just pulling up like a photo here so I can ask you about other placements. So besides the sun, moon rising, are there any other like placements that you really like to look at or planets that you really think that we should be looking at as well? Cause there's so many, but like, what are two or three others we should look at? You should definitely look at all of your personal placements. So, um, Mars, Venus, Jupiter, and Saturn, I'd say are really important to look at. Saturn, we kind of talked about that's the structure of your life. Jupiter is your expansion. So that's luck. And you can see if that's aspecting any of the planets in your chart. If there's any conjunctions with Jupiter, you would experience a lot more of that particular planet. Um, Like let's say it's conjunct Venus Mm -hmm. and you might be really lucky in love, something like that. I'm Mm -hmm. being very basic with it, but you know what I'm I'm saying. Yeah. Um, Venus is how we love and who and how we're attracted to things. Um, It's a, it's a, loving sign. It's a a divine feminine planet as well, just like the moon. Um, Venus is lovely energy. A lot of times it can connote like your fashion sense or what partners you're drawn to, things like that. So that one's really important to understand your love language Mm -hmm. too. Um, And Mars is the action planet. So that is how we prefer to confront situations, how we may act um, when pushed or when we need to come up with, with a plan. Um, like I have a Mars in Pisces, which is like a very hippie placement. So people would expect me to kind of love confrontation and I actually hate it really mm. like deep down. Mm-hmm. So some of those things are really helpful to understand. And then where they're placed in your chart, like what house they're in is mm-hmm. where it's going to be affected. So, um, you know, a good example of that is I have Venus in the sixth house and that's pretty close to conjunct my Chiron and Chiron is the wounded healer. It's like where we self-sabotage or shoot ourselves in the foot (laughs) and Mm -hmm. it's in my, it's in the sixth house and they're all in Gemini. So I tend to attract or like really want to work on partners and, um, I, I kind of see that as like my personal mission, like that I'm going to focus on. Um, my current partner has really helped me like break out of that cycle because he, he doesn't like being worked on or manipulated is that another way? Mm-hmm. So it's really great because it allowed me to sort of break that pattern in my life. And even though it's something I consistently struggle with, I would say it's something that he knows about me and I know about him. So it's always going to be there, but it, it does depend on who you're with and, and how that will manifest. So yeah, I can relate to that one. That's so helpful. <laughs> I'm looking at my chart as you're uh, talking about this. So, um, and then houses, 
houses kind of are the next level for me. Like, how do we understand houses? There are 12 yeah. houses? There are 12 houses, uh-huh. 12 signs of the zodiac. So that is helpful to think of, to, to put their, to put the signs on the houses. So first house is Aries, second house is Taurus, third house is Gemini, and on it goes. Okay. And then it's like where it affects your life. So let's use Pisces for an example, because we're in Pisces season. Pisces rules the 12th house. The 12th house is the Pisces house. Like we talked about, no boundaries. So what, what does that mean? Boundaries, no boundaries, the hidden life. So that can rule um, spirituality. That can rule um, all that is hidden, our private selves, anything that is in the shadows or we really don't feel comfortable putting out on display. It's more of the introspective house. So depending on what's there, what planets are there will be, you know, how that, like where that kind of manifests in your life. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, like I have Saturn in the 12th house and I work in the realm of spirituality. It makes a lot of sense. Yep. But it, it, that what's cool, like you mentioned, like we're sort of drawn to these things intrinsically and then we can validate them in our chart. I think rarely when I'm giving a reading are people ever like, mm, that doesn't resonate at all with me. And sometimes that means that their birth time is wrong or something like that. Mm-hmm. Not to say that like, I'm so amazing. It's like, it's all, it's just the chart, you know, yeah. like, and it's, mm-hmm. um, it's all kind of there if we're willing and able to really read it and delve in. Mm-hmm. So, so the houses is, is like where the energy is being impacted. Mm-hmm. The planets are what is being impacted, like Saturn structure. And mm-hmm. the sign is uh, how. Okay. And the sign. Like how that manifests. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's really helpful. I'm going to have to yeah. do a deep dive after we get off our call. That's so good. Okay. The <laughs> yeah. Other it's like I, the style. Yeah. I've never um, even really gotten into this, but I wanted to ask you about Lilith. Like what is Lilith? How does that come in? Yeah. So Lilith is a point in your chart, much like, um, like the nodes, for mm-hmm. example. Um, and I know like we were talking about it in relation to Chiron, Chiron's an asteroid and Lilith is a point. It's actually where the moon disappears. Okay. Um, so it's not an actual like comet or anything. It's like a, it's no. a point. It's a point. Okay. So um, it's, it's also known as the dark moon and it's like where the moon is the farthest from the earth in its orbit. So that's why it's like the farthest away. Okay. Um, it's the concept Lilith represents the wild woman, the inner female, divine female in all of us, but it actually, and the hood witch has a really good, um, deep dive on Lilith. So I will refer to her because she's amazing, but, um, she goes into like the, the origins of this, but apparently in the Jewish mythology, Lilith was Adam's first wife and because she wanted to be a bit more dominant and perhaps sexually dominant, she was banished from Eden and Mm. Eve was brought in because she was going to upset the power dynamics. So it's like where we rise up, where we claim our power, Uh sometimes destructively. So it can go kind of either way. Um, So I think that's a really cool way to look at Lilith 
in your chart. And to explore that wild woman even further, there's um, there's a book, Women Who Run With Wolves. Oh yeah, I've heard, heard of about it. that book. Yeah, and that that explores that archetype to cool. to help like even go further with that. And for men, can they perceive that in the same way, like where their inner power and everything? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and even like um, you know what they would prefer to keep totally hidden, but comes out in fits of rage or anger or anything like that. So it's good for them to know it as well because it it helps again, you know, like with everything, awareness is kind of the, the word of the day here, but that is helpful for them to know as well. I think females have really claimed Lilith because of course, you know, she was a, she was a female, um, and like the Lilith fair and, you know, there's, there's all sorts of cultural connotations with Lilith, but she's, she's, uh, she's something to work with. And it's Mm -hmm. like with anything in astrology or really anything in life, like there's strengths and there's opportunities within that particular piece that you're looking at. So Mm -hmm. we can't say, you know, if your Lilith is in a certain sign, it's going to be all good, all bad. It's like there's pros and cons. Sure. Oh, that's so good. I had never heard Lilith broken down like that. That's so good. Well, Alex, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you want to talk about? Um, well, Priestesses Prescribed comes out every week. So I would love to have some listeners, some new listeners from your community, and we'll refer you as well, which would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been in the background during Mercury Retrograde honing my coaching program for um, intuitive business owners. So getting them to a particular point to launch, helping them come up with their branding, their strategy, mm-hmm. and how to integrate, you know, tarot astrology into their work if it's not their main modalities. So I've been really loving that work and I'll launch that at a certain point that feels right in the future. But for now, I'm just doing that sort of on the side and it's been going really well. So. Awesome. And then if people want to do readings with you, where can they find you? Yeah. So I'm highpriestessofbrooklyn.com. Mm-hmm. You can follow me on Instagram at highpriestessofbrooklyn. Uh, TikTok, highpriestessbk mm-hmm. for the Gen Z. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think that's it. I think that's everywhere I am. But yeah, you can find pretty much everything you need to know with Excellent. me on those. Well, I will, I'll put that all in the description so people can easily find you. But thank you so much for being here. It's been enlightening to talk with you and meet thank you, you so and everything. Thank you for having me. Of it was course. such a pleasure. All right. Thank you so much again for being here with us today. I hope you learned something new from Alex. I absolutely did. And if you feel called to connect with us and let us know what you took from this conversation, you can find Alex on Instagram at the High Priestess of Brooklyn. And I'm on Instagram at Helen Denham underscore. And my website's HelenDenham.com, where you can find blog posts, uh, past podcast episodes, links to my music. And if you want to sign up for my self-care Sunday newsletter, that's something really fun that I send out every week as well. So have a beautiful rest of your day wherever you are in the world. And I'll talk to you soon.